All right, so we're going to start a new sermon series today, and uh, Scott throws the throws the script the the script up on the screen there. It's called "This I Know." Now, maybe when you heard that or saw that, you immediately went to the old kids' song, "Jesus Loves Me." This I know. How many of you went there? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Crazy thing. Okay. I'm getting ready for church this morning and I've got my music playing and it's, um, I have an Amazon music. And so it creates like my own soundtrack. I highly recommend, um, if you don't have Amazon music, it's, it's a cool way to listen to worship music. So what Amazon music does is it, is it kind of takes my track record, record of what I listen to and it creates a soundtrack that just personally I like. Which, you know, it's cool. It's got Maverick City on it. It's got all kinds of worship songs that I listen to. Well, just random today, as I was listening and getting ready, you know, my heart before the Lord, guess what comes on my soundtrack? Jesus loves me, this I know. Like, in kids' voices and everything. And I was like, well, Lord, I guess that's a confirmation this morning because that was so random. And, uh, and then we get here in worship, and Kristen is, has, I'm telling you guys, we did not even talk, okay? But every song she picked out is like every scripture that God has given me to preach to you today. So somebody needs to hear this message this morning, all right? So, um, but truly, truly, God wants us to know him he wants us to know him better than anybody we know in our lives. Maybe, um, I just kind of want you to think about somebody that you know in your life. And not just an acquaintance, not just somebody you've, you've been around just a few minutes or whatever, but like you know them, all right? So I'm going to give you a couple examples of people like that in my life, all right? First people I want to give you that I know are my children, okay? I know them. I know when they're having fun. I know when they're not having fun. I know when I'm not having fun because they're not having fun, all right? I know them. I know what their favorite meals are. I know, you know, I know my children. I know when they're sick, okay? Like, I can look at my kids and be like, you don't feel good, do you? You're sick, aren't you? Um, interesting story. I thought this was really cool, but a couple of a mo- uh, little bit ago, Hayes was sick, which is my nephew Sarah's Sarah's son, and he was out on a trip, a field trip, where he had spent the night a couple of days. And Sarah said about about Friday he was still out of town, and Sarah said Friday I just I just had this feeling, Hayes is sick. She just knew she's you know mamas you know. You know, we got, God's given us a special little intuition there. But um, she was like, I just felt like he was sick. And come to find out, Hayes comes home from the, from the field trip. And Sarah immediately sees him. She's like, you got a fever. Well, he has the flu. But she knew he was sick. Like she knew his, her child so well that she knew he was sick. Okay. All right. So you, you got somebody, you got somebody you know that you know like that. All right, so then um, another person I want to tell you about is my husband. Like, I know him, okay? I know what, when he goes to a restaurant, I know what he's going to order to drink, okay? Half and half tea, half sweet, half unsweet, right? I know him because I've been around him for 25 years now. I know what he's going to order to drink, okay? I know little things about him that nobody else would know because he's my husband, and I know him, right? I know what he likes on his sandwich and what he doesn't like on it. Don't you put mustard on his sandwich. He don't like mustard, 
Okay? I know that because I've experienced making him a sandwich that had mustard in it. And he, you know, didn't say anything right away. But later on, he was like, hey, you know, I don't really like mustard on my sandwich. I'm like, okay, well, next time I won't put it, you know. So I know he doesn't like mustard on his sandwich. Um, let me think. What are some other things? Um, like his dream car. I know what his dream car is. Okay, I know what frustrates him, <laughs> and I know, and he knows what frustrates me, you know, and I know what his dreams are, and I know what his hopes are, and I know what he prays for, I know him, right? Well, that is how God wants us to know him, and he has made a way for us to do that. He has made a way for us to know him. All right, so I want, to, I want to show you some scripture this morning. Um, not only does God want us just to know him, like he wants us to know his faithfulness. He wants us to know his goodness. He wants us to know who he is. He wants us to know his ways. He wants us to know him. So I'm going to tell you, um, uh, we're going to go to John 8, 31, and I'm going to show you how important it is that God wants us to know him and to know the truth. So John 8:31 says this, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, "If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. And then you will know then you will what? Know the truth and the truth will set you free." Come on. Somebody just preached it. They answered him, "Um we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. I read this last night. I'm like, Jason, do you, do you see what they, they said here? Because, yes, they had been slaves of someone. Remember Egypt? They had been slaves. And then Jason said, well, actually, right there during that text, they were slaves to Rome. They were living in slavery. And here they are. They're saying, now, listen. We've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Can I tell you that the enemy wants you to remain in slavery so much that you forget that you're a slave? And he wants, he does not want you to be set free. He wants you just to be like, this is the way I live, and this is the way you're going to always live, and you're never going to be set free. You're just going to always be a slave. And matter of fact, you're going to just forget that you're a slave. That's what they had done. They had forgotten about Egypt. They had forgotten that about Babylon. They had forgotten that in Rome right there they were slaves. And here's what Jesus said. He said, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So the Son wants to set you free today, and here's how he sets you free. you got to know the truth. you got to know the truth. All right? So let's, um, so this is just, I feel like this is just a really good a message following Easter because we know that Jesus is alive and he has set us free, right? And here he tells us that we belong to the family of God. 
and that we are his sons. And today, he's wanting to remind you that you have been set free. And I want to remind you what the Word of God says here, that if the Son sets you free, you're going to be free indeed. Amen? All right, so there's a couple of examples in the Bible that we're going to talk about over this sermon series um, of people who know, knew the Lord. So you know in Hebrews where it lists out the, um, the, the, the heroes of the faith, right? It goes through and it says, you know, um, Abraham was a, was a man of faith and Sarah was a woman of faith and Esther was, you know, it just lists out this whole heroes of the faith. Well, this is, this is kind of like heroes of the truth, heroes of people who know, all right? So today I want to give you an example of someone, and then when we get done today, I want my name to be in this lineage. I want Joy to be a person who knows Jesus. And then when we get done with this sermon series, I want your name to be written there and say, I know Elizabeth knows the Lord. Okay, so today we're going to talk about, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you exactly who the example is, but I am going to start with a story, and then you're going to pick up on it, okay? So let's go to Matthew 16, and we're going to start with verse 13. And I'm going to not take a coffee break, but I am going to take a water break. All right, Matthew 16, 13, it says, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And so they, were, they started replying to him, Okay, uh, Jesus, some say that you're John the Baptist. Others, you know, they say that you're Elijah. And still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. So they start listing what everybody else is saying Jesus is. And then he says to the ones he loves, his closest, people who had been with him, the people who know him, he asked them this question. He said, but what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? And immediately, man, you got to love some Simon Peter. I can relate to Simon Peter. Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. I can see him like standing up and being like, you are the Messiah, <laughs> the son of the living God. You know, I can see him like being real passionate about it. And because he was like, I know what I know, what I know, what I know. And he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And then, here's what Jesus tells him. And I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, or hell, will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Alright, so here we have Peter. He knows Jesus. He has walked with Jesus. He has talked with Jesus. He has fellowshiped with Jesus. He has eaten with Jesus. He has seen Jesus perform miracles. He knows that Jesus is the real deal. 
He knows that he is the Messiah. But here's something I want to point out to you. It was after Peter says, I know who you are, that Jesus begins to give Peter his identity. Because when we have a revelation of who Jesus is, he gives us a revelation of who we are. Okay? So let me kind of break it down for you. Because it's only when we truly know Jesus that we can truly begin to know ourselves. So let's see what Jesus tells about Peter. And what Jesus says about Peter, he is saying about you today. Okay? So we're going to break down this scripture. So here we go. He gives Peter a new name because he was known as Simon. But right here he says, I'm going to call you. I tell you that you are Peter. You are Peter. He gives him a new name. Can I tell you today that he has given you a new name? Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 5.17. You know this, but let me remind you of it. It says, therefore... If anyone is in Christ Jesus, if anyone knows him, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Listen to this verse in Revelation. Revelation 2.17 says, Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you have ears this morning? Can you hear what the Spirit is saying to you today? says, to the one who is victorious, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. This reminded me of the song, I've got a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, and it's mine. I've met the author of my story, and he's mine, and he's mine. So God's given you a new name. Who you once were, you are no longer him or her. He has given you a new name, and it's written down in glory. Jesus said, Peter, uh, Scott, can we go back to that? Matthew said, Peter. This is who you are. You've had a revelation of who I am. Now I'm going to tell you who you are. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Okay, so number one is God gives you a new name. Number two, not only does Jesus give Peter a new name, but he gives his name definition. He says, Jesus says, I define you. I define you. And he defines, he defines Peter as a rock. Because Peter means rock. And we're going to learn here in just a few minutes why Jesus defined him as a rock. But I'm going to give you ten things that Jesus calls me and that he calls you. And I'm going to roll through these really quick. But I want them to get down into your heart. And if you take notes, write them down. Here's what Jesus calls you. You are a child of God. 
John 1, 12 says this, But to all who have received him, those who believe in his name, he has given the right to become God's children. He's saying, you, Peter, rock. You, Elizabeth, child of God. He's defining you. Number two, he calls you a friend of Jesus. Let's go to John 15, 15. I no longer call you slaves because the slaves does not understand that his master, what his master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have revealed to you everything I have heard from my father. Jesus calls you friends. Some of you might say, I just don't belong. There's nowhere I belong. I don't feel like I belong in my family. I don't feel like I belong at my job. I don't feel like I belong in my school. I don't know. I just don't feel like I belong. But here is Jesus, and he's saying you belong, that you are his friend. He calls you his friend. Number three, I have been, you have been, justified and redeemed. Romans 3.24 says this, but they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. You are redeemed. You are justified. Number four, my old self was crucified with Christ and I am no longer a slave to sin. Romans 6, 6, 6 says this, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Aren't you glad what he calls you? Number five, I will not be condemned by God. Maybe you're walking around and, man, there's a whole lot of condemnation going on in your life. But here's what God says. He says, therefore, now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are not condemned by God. All right, we're at number six. I have been called a saint. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be saints with all those in every place who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and their Lord. And that's 1 Corinthians 1-2. You have been called to be a saint. Number seven, in Christ Jesus I have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification or holiness and redemption. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Aren't you glad for your new name? Number eight, I am no longer a slave, but a child and an heir. Galatians 4, 7 says this, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if you are a son, then you are also an heir through God. Number nine, I have been set free in Christ. Galatians 5, 1 says this, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery. And then here we go, number 10. 
I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Aren't you glad for your new name? Because here's what Ephesians 1.3 says. Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with just a few. Every, every spiritual blessing. And let me give you one more. This is, I'm just going to throw this in because we could go on all day long and telling you what God has, who God has called you, what he has called you to. Here's another one. I am chosen, holy, and blameless before God. Ephesians 1.4 says this, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight in love. You might say, God doesn't care about me. Or all of these things have happened to me. I know God does not care about me. That is a lie from the pit of hell because here we see that he chose you before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. So let's go back to Peter. God gave, Jesus gave him a new name. Jesus defined his new name. And number three, Jesus gave Peter a word about himself to sustain him through the trials he was going to face. Let's go back to Matthew 16, 18 through 19, and let me show you what, he was, what I'm talking about here. He said, Peter, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. And then here Jesus gives him, he says, I want to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Here's what Jesus was doing. He was looking ahead to Peter's future. And he was prophesying his promise to him. Jesus was saying this, but he was looking ahead to Peter's denial. And he could see Peter denying him three times. Even when Peter said, Lord, I would never deny you. He was looking ahead to, to Peter's disappointment in himself. You ever been disappointed in yourself? Jesus saw Peter's disappointment. And he was prophesying to him that the, the, the church is going to be built and the gates of hell are not going to overcome you. He also saw Peter's restoration. He also saw Peter at Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down on him and the tongues of fire rested on him. And on the day of Pentecost, who was it that preached the sermon and thousands were saved? You want to guess? Peter. He says the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it, Peter. And I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. He even looked ahead to the lame man at the gate of beautiful. Where the lame man came, just somebody set him down right there at the gate. And the disciples were walking by. And the lame man said, gold, silver, can you give it to me? And Peter said, I can't. But I've got a key. Because Jesus gave it to me. 
He prophesied it. When he changed my name and he defined me, he gave me a key. And the key is that whatever I speak on earth will be, whatever is bound on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so I tell you, lame man, I can't give you gold and silver, but I can say, get up and walk. Because I got the keys to the kingdom. And the man gets up and walks. He was walking in his calling And he was walking in his purpose. And Jesus had given him right here a word that was going to sustain him through the trials and sustain him through the victories and sustain him through the preaching and sustain him through the gates of hell. And can I tell you today what I'm proclaiming to you is a word that is going to sustain you. The whole entire Bible, God has given it to you to sustain you, to give you everything you need. Jesus was saying, Peter, I want you to know what I know about you. You ever have anybody in your life that maybe knows something about you that maybe you don't even know? I don't know that a human can know that. But can I tell you today that God does That there are things hidden down on the inside of you that only God knows. And if you will submit to him and surrender to him, man, he is going to pull out those gifts, pull out those callings, pull out those things that he has called you to, and he is going to make a way for you in what he's called you to do. Because he's changed your name, and he's defined your destiny. It's almost like what God did for Gideon, and I want to read I'm going to tell you this story and, uh, because you need to know this. Judges 6, 1. And I'm going to slow down just for a second because I've got time. And we're going to spend some time in this story. And I want you to see how it, it relates to Peter. All right, so here we're going back to the Old Testament. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. The enemy ever been coming against you so hard you just want to go hide? You just want to hide out in a, in a cave? <laughs> the past couple of years kind of seems like that's what we want to do, isn't it? Just, just let's get away from all of this crazy stuff going on in the world. But where would the world's hope be if the church goes and hides? God hasn't called us to hide. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. Their crops are gone, their their cattle, everything's gone, gone. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them on their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Can we be a people of God that does not wait until the enemy has totally impoverished us to cry out on the name of the Lord for help? Can we, in the very sight of trouble, say, Jesus, 
help me, sure would save a lot of pain, wouldn't it? When the Israelites, but here's the hope. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Reminder, right? right? They, were, they were slaves. Come on, right? Remember back, back in that other scripture where they had forgotten they were slaves? All right, here we go. They're slaves. I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Why so many times do we want to go back to the land of slavery? Because whom the sun sets free is, here's what the prophet said, I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptian, and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you, and I gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live in, but you have not listened to me. And the angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Orphrah, that belonged to Joash the Abyssalite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Okay, so here we have Gideon in a very strange place, pressing wheat in a wine press. You don't press wheat in a wine press. You press wine in a wine press, right? He was hiding out from the Amorites and the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, the angel of the Lord did not say, you little loser. Why are you in a wine press threshing wheat? Did the angel of the Lord say that? Did the angel of the Lord said, I came all the way from heaven to give you a message. And you, what in the world are you doing? Did he beat him up? No, the angel of the Lord with a direct message from the king of kings says this to Gideon. The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. He gave Gideon a new name and he defined it. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. So many of you in this room, and maybe at the sound of my voice, whether you're listening to me online, you have allowed the enemy to define who you are. You have allowed him to say, you little loser. You have allowed him to say, what in the world are you doing trying to get your family straightened up? We're never going to do that. What in the world are you doing trying to, to say that God's going to heal you? That's never going to happen. We have so many times allowed the enemy to put us in a place where we're not supposed to be doing something that we're not supposed to be doing when God has said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. It's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the people of God to rise up and be who God's called us to be. Gideon's still a little confused about being called a mighty warrior in verse 13 says, pardon me, my Lord. But if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Have you ever asked that question? The Lord is with me. Why did my dad die? If the Lord is with me, why did this happen to me? If the Lord is with me, why don't we see more victory? Doesn't that sound like the voice of the enemy? 
Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said? See, Gideon is still in the little man mindset. I'm the little of the littlest of the lowest of the lowest, and God just called me a mighty warrior, but I'm fixing to prove that he is wrong. I'm fixing to tell you, God, because listen, our ancestors told us about, you know, you bringing us out, up out of Egypt, but all I'm seeing right now is that the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of the Midians. And so then the Lord turns to him. And almost like, I'm fixing to tell you, Gideon. And this is verse 14, Scott. I don't know if I gave it. There we go. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? If the Lord is with you, who can be against you? And then Gideon goes on, and I'm, I don't have the verses for this, but he goes on to just tell them, telling the Lord, Lord, you got to look at me. You got to see my family. You see my family? It's the smallest of the smallest of tribes. And like my clan within the tribe is the smallest of the smallest of clans. And then me, myself, my family that's within the clan, we're the smallest of smallest. And then me within my family, I'm the smallest of the smallest of the lowest of the lowest. And God says, I don't care. That's not how I see you. You are a mighty warrior. And not only does he declare over Gideon who he is, he declares, I am with you. All right, so let's go back to Peter. We're going to read John 21, 15 through 19. Do you see how Peter and Gideon connect? You see that? You see how Peter and Gideon and Joy connect? I do see that for my own personal life. And maybe today you're saying, man, I see how that so connects to my life. Well, Jesus is wanting you to know today you have a new name. Jesus is wanting you to know today that your new name has been defined. And Jesus is wanting you to know today that he has given you a word that is going to sustain you through every trial and every tribulation that you go through. Because he also said, listen, listen, my people, there is going to be times where you're going to have trials and tribulations. But here's what I want you to do. When you're walking through that, I want you to take heart. Because I want you to know that I've already overcome the world. He gives us a word that sustains us. So John 21, 15 through 19, Jesus has died on the cross. He has risen again. Woo! Celebrated it last Sunday. Celebrated every day of my life. But in the process of Jesus dying on the cross and rising again, Peter went through a really big deal in his life. Because he did something he said he would never do. He denied Jesus. And so here we see Jesus, the risen Savior, and he doesn't leave Peter alone because he's already given him a new name. And he's already said, here's your destiny. Now I'm going to give you a purpose. And when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, 
Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He's talking about the other disciples. Do you love me more than, than the other disciples? And Peter's answer is, yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Here's a revelation that I just saw. He's not calling him Peter. He's calling him Simon. Because old Simon is who he's speaking to. He's wanting him to bring he wants he's wanting to bring Peter. He's wanting to restore Peter. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. At that point, Jesus didn't realize. I mean, Peter didn't realize that Jesus was forgiving him for his three denials. Jesus said, feed my sheep. For very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. And we're going to see in a, in a couple of weeks in this series how on the day of Pentecost, God used Peter to build his and when the day of Pentecost came and the church exploded and it's still exploding today, thank you, Peter. So I'm going to leave you with this. What is today's this I know? I know that only Jesus can tell me who I am. Not the enemy, not man. Not your boss, not any relationship in your life, but only Jesus. Jesus gives me my name. Jesus calls me to follow him. And when I say yes, then I will open up the door to truly, truly, truly knowing him. And when I know him, he reveals who I am. And who Jesus says I am is the truth. Because just like we read at the very beginning, when I know the truth, what does the truth do? Sets me free. So let's walk in the identity that Jesus has given us. Let's let him call you by a new name. Let's let him define your name. 
And let's let Him speak over you who you are. So I want to pray for you this morning. Just with every head bowed and every eye closed. Jesus, I know people, but you know them better. And just in the years of ministry that I have been in, I know that words that have been spoken over us can be so powerful and impacting. And Lord, I know that words that we speak over ourselves can be even more powerful and impacting. Some of us have, are sitting in this room today and you've declared over yourself, I am never going to amount to anything. Or have you seen my past? Or, I am so anxious. Or, I am so afraid of this. Or, I am so worried about this. And you're calling yourself things that God does not want you to call yourself. Because he has called you chosen. He has called you free. He has called you into a peace that surpasses all understanding. He has called you victorious. He has given you joy. Not anxiety. He has given you peace. Not fear. He is declaring over you today that the old creation is gone and the new is here. I have a new name written for you down in glory and it is all yours. And I call you by that name. Some of you look at yourself like Gideon and say, I am the lowest of the low of the lowest. And that's what you have believed about yourself all of your life. But Jesus is here today speaking to you and saying, that is not how I see you. Today I am declaring over you, you are a mighty warrior. And don't you let the enemy follow that with no, you're not. You are a mighty warrior and the Lord is with you. So, Lord, we come against all doubt and fear and anxiety and worry and depression. We come against it in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive the name that you have called us. And we receive the definition of that name. And, Lord, we receive the word that you have given us to sustain us. And, Lord, we receive the purpose that you've given us. 
And so this morning, I want to ask you, if you just want to make sure that your name is written down in glory, and you want to say today, I'm making the decision. Jesus, I'm yours. If you want to just receive that today, I want you to raise your hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. Yes. Amen. 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 New name written down in glory. Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we just thank you this morning for our new name. We thank you for what you have called us and what you've called us to. And Jesus, we just thank you that you come and you just take all those words that have been spoken over us. Lord, those lies that we believed from the enemy. Lord, we just thank you that you silence those voices right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, your voice over us and the songs that you sing over us will be heard in Jesus' name. The words of life that are spoken today from the Bible, Lord, your word that says we are chosen, we are filled with your peace, we are redeemed, we are holy, we are righteous because of the blood of Jesus. Lord, we receive those words. And no longer will we call ourselves what we're not, but we will call ourselves what you have called us. Jesus' name. If you raised your hand, if you'll just repeat after me, and everybody can just say this with me. Just say, Jesus, I'm yours. Jesus, give me a new name. Jesus, silence the voice of the enemy. And I believe that you are the Son of God. And who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. Amen. If the Holy Spirit spoke to you about anything this morning, while we were preaching, while the word was being spoken, and you would like prayer this morning, I'm going to ask you just to make a step of declaration, a step of faith saying, Lord, I am going to follow your voice this morning, and I want the Holy Spirit to help me today. If that is you today, and the Holy Spirit has just dealt with you on anything while the word was being preached, God wants to minister to you this morning. So I'm going to ask you just to make a step of, of faith, a step of declaration today. If that's you this morning, just do it. That's all i got to say. Uh, if you have any problem with resp respiratory, any problems with coughing, um, in anything, any problems with respiratory, I want you to come up here. You know, in, Isra the, in Israel, when the children of Israel were out in the wilderness, the Bible says that they didn't see the victory because they did not mix faith with the word that God spoke. So, God spoke a word. Sandy, would you come up here, please? Enjoy, maybe, if you want to. Okay. 
Sarah, Lynn, anybody else in here got problems with respiratory? Hayes, I know you do. If, you're, if he's still back there. Sandy, the, the Word of God says that believers will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Do you think that, he, that God said, well, if you want to. Do you think that was a command for believers to lay hands on the sick? And then what was his promise? That they will recover. They will recover. So we're going to mix our faith with the word that God has spoken. And I want you to mix your faith with it too. Because, you know, did Gideon mix his faith with what the, what the Lord told him? He did, and he won the victory. So would y'all come together?